Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time. Your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways, shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results, made just for us. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip to the professional-grade blades, say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girlbomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb, available at Walgreens. Taking a walk. I have the energy of 12 wild bulls, and I think I got that from Mick. I exercise the same way he does. I put myself into a big empty room with a mirror, and I just move, and I go crazy. And I lock it in, I lock it out, I go up, I go down, I go round, I go round. Welcome to the Taking a Walk podcast, music history on foot. Join your host, Buzz Knight, for a walk and talk near Nashville, Tennessee, with American singer, model, and New York Times best-selling author, B.B. Buell. B.B. has been around so much music history, and you'll just love the conversation as it happens next on Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Yes, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I know, doesn't it feel like that? It does. We have to keep it a secret where I live, but it is magical. We can say that much. We're in a magical spot uh, somewhere. We're in a Nashville suburb. Somewhere near Nashville. Yes, very close to Nashville. Yes, and I'm so glad that we got to take a walk in person. I can't tell you how excited. We just walked past somebody that plays with Reba McIntyre. Oh, there you go. Oh. You're going to see a lot of country people and a lot of rock stars in this neighborhood, but that's all right. Well, thank you for taking a walk. I'm so grateful. Yes. Um, I'm happy to be taking a walk with you finally. Yeah, we we had a a date on the books at one time, kind of, and uh, I think you were... You were playing in your band at that point uh, yeah. and uh, got a little raucous, I think, right? Well, then I I actually, when I saw all the wonderful, cool people you've interviewed, I'm like, I better get my butt on that 
podcasts because it's awful cool. You know? uh, well, so let's talk about some of those folks because they intersected in your world. Uh, first of all, this uh, wonderful photographer named Bob Gruen was on the, uh, the, the Taking a Walk podcast. Yes. Uh, well, Bob Gruen was one of the first people I met in New York City. When I was first dating Todd, he uh, had just gotten this brand new LeMay gold suit from Granny Takes a Trip that he wanted Bob to photograph him in. It sort of looked like an Elvis Presley kind of suit, <laughs> except tailored tighter. And uh, went over to and, and and he brought me along. And Bob ended up taking the first picture ever taken of he and I that was published. It was a picture of me on the floor hanging onto his leg. <laughs> uh, and uh, gosh, and I wasn't dressed up or I, I didn't have any makeup on, but the pictures are pretty awesome. Um, they're all over the internet if you ever wanted to see it. Was that in the West Village? Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, because I lived in New York City, I would see Bob Gruen everywhere. He was a part of the fiber. Yeah. He was New York City as far as I was concerned. And he knew everybody and everybody knew him and loved him. Yeah. He was one of those guys he could kind of be invisible. He wasn't in the way ever. And that's why everybody always let him come backstage and he was always a part of everybody. Because he had, as my mother would say, he had perfect etiquette. Yeah. Yeah, I could feel that about him just the time spending and as we were walking in that West Village area there, um, you know, he'd walk by people and, you know, someone, hey, Bobby, you know, I mean, oh, he knows yeah. everybody. Well, yeah, he's only lived there for 50 years. I mean, my <laughs> God, he's, he's been in the same place since I met him. Yeah. And uh, he took me by that uh, first place that he ended up uh, running into, I guess, you know, John and Yoko when they lived there. Yeah. That little spot. Which, by the way, well, he, I don't know if you've seen it lately. It what? looks, it doesn't look like anything special. The the place in the West Fourth area where John and Yoko lived. It's oh, it's kind of dilapidated. And, wonder what that is. Oh boy, there's something going on in there. Yeah. I wonder who it is. But so we had Bob on, and then uh, there's another gentleman. I think you probably crossed paths with. Uh, we walked in. The village as well. Who? Danny Fields. Oh my God! Are you kidding? Yeah. You saw the Danny. Danny Fields gave me, I think probably the most ultimate quote anybody has ever given to a publication about me for the New York Times. I don't know if you read that New York Times story on when on you me. were ju when you had gone back for yes. the promotion of for, your when book, I went, book. I did when I played the National Arts Club. Yep. Well, Danny, you can go back and read it. He, was, he said something that just, I was so touched. Yeah, Danny was also one of the first people I met when I came to New York, but it was it's funny because the first time I met Danny was just at Max's, you know, just casually. And then when I met, met him again, we were, Todd was looking to trip on something. You know, he wanted to try tripping. 
and we were sort of told that Danny had the best stuff <laughs> and that he had the real stuff, the Timothy Leary, you know, kind of stuff. And, yeah. And, and, and Todd's like, no, 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 I don't want to take acid. I, I want to, you know, take psilocybin or something like that. And so I went over there and I got it. And uh, we did that trip. Woo! <laughs> that was something. That was the day, too, that Todd found that artist on Fifth Avenue. Because we, we literally walked all the way from the village to the park. Oh, really? That's how high we were. <laughs> but, but in a joyous, wonderful way. It was just so much fun. Yeah. And there was this gallery. And Todd, Todd was like, oh, my God, look at these paintings. They were so surrealistic. So we wandered in and got to know the artist. And uh, he ended up doing a Wizard of True Star, the cover. Oh, wow. So that crazy cover yeah, that shows him face. And if you look at it another way, it, the side view it, as well, it, it, it plays an optical illusion with your eyes. Oh, God, yeah. So it's, it's awesome. So, yeah, I, I, I just... I miss New York because it's not the New York I loved anymore. It's right. So then there's one more person um, that we had. Uh, you want to sit down for me? Sure. That we had on the podcast, who right. I know you know, and he's terrific, and it's uh, Richard Barone. Oh, well, of course. I, I adore him. Yeah. Yeah. What a special guy. He's extremely, what I love about Richard is he, he's extremely positive, upbeat. He just doesn't let the chips get him down. He keeps on trucking, you know, keeps on staying out there. And he's such a student of what's going on around, obviously, the music scene. I love his book that he wrote, and obviously he's trying to pass it on to Well, yeah, he, he is very, very devoted, as is Bob Gruen, to staying in that community. And... Um, keeping it intact whereas I I get the bug I get itchy I need to, to try other things you know I need to experience other scenes and that was one of the things I loved about Nashville back when I first came here in 2012 it was so exciting it reminded me of New York City it, that same energy and vibrance and bands and Everybody hanging out together and country people and rock people mixing. And I can't stand Kid Rock, though, but we don't have to talk about him. That's cool. I know people think about Kid Rock when they think about rock people in Nashville. But trust me, he's not our favorite rock guy by any stretch of the imagination. We've got Peter Frampton. We've got all kinds of amazing rock stars in Nashville, and they aren't Kid Rock. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry, dear Lord, but I don't like to ever feel that way about a person. But, you know, he's just a little too extreme for me. A little too. So paint the picture of what a typical night at Max's Kansas City was when oh. you were uh, hanging around there. Well, if you were a model like I was, you know, you'd, if you had to get your work done, you would work. And get done around 4 or 5, go home and sleep. Then you get up around 10 and get ready. 
You didn't get to Max's until 11 or 12. And then you would stay there until 4, 5 in the morning, then rush home, get a few hours of sleep, to do it all over again. It was just every night. And of course, there were those nights where when you're young, you need more sleep. And I, I, you know, I would sometimes just not be able to function the next day because I'd be so tired. And, um, but yeah, a typical night at Max's was you get there. Um, it depended on who you were sitting with or what the vibe was where you could eat. Because Mickey was very, very generous and all of us could eat whatever we wanted. And Alice Cooper always picked up the check. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he was so sweet. He would just buy everybody dinner and drinks all the time. And I think he was one of the first people I ever met that had a credit card. And I think he was one of the first people that they issued one to in his business anyway. Because credit cards weren't common until later in the 70s. Yeah. People just, I, I, I remember several rock stars when they got their first credit cards. <laughs> I was there when Elvis Costello got his first credit card, but that was in England. And I remember he propped it up against his records and sat on the couch and just looked at it. And he, he said, baby, look, I've got a credit card. I said, congratulations. I said, it means you... You know, you've, you're doing well enough that the banks think that you should have one of these things. You've arrived. Yeah, so it's it's funny how things have changed. And also, you know, we... Di- Hi there. We also didn't have answering machines and cell phones. And when you wanted to get through to somebody, you had to write them a letter. And if you were super fancy, like a Jimmy Page or somebody like that, you'd send a telegram. <laughs> you know get a telegram yeah oh that's did you ever you, get a telegram oh from him? of course i got i've gotten several telegrams in my life and i've sent a few and um that was sort of like the sexiest way you knew somebody really liked you if they sent you a telegram and um but i remember too when we first got our first answering machines and they it, they basically would just be a cassette that you put into this machine and yeah well, I've saved every single cassette. You wouldn't believe some of the messages I have. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, have you mastered them so they can still exist? No, and... actually, they're on. They're still in their cassette form, but they're in my temperature-controlled room. So they're in good they, shape. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if I would ever, um, you know, invade the privacy of some of the people who's... I, but I've got messages from Mick Jagger. I've got messages from everybody and... David Bowie. I've, I've got all kinds of um, very exciting, all my modeling agents. BB, you're late. You know, get to, you know, I've got all that. And, uh, you, you know, and uh, my mother, BB, did you do Playboy? Uh, you know, but this was, this was, you know, later, because in 74, when I did uh, Playboy, we didn't have answering machines. But later I did it. I did another little picture for them, and when my mother heard about it, she called me up. And uh, so I've got all that. But you really had to be be creative when you were courting somebody in those days. So you really knew somebody liked you if they did a telegram or they sent flowers, 
or they would send a car for you, you know, to come, I want you to come to my show, I'll send a car, and it would be a limousine, you know, it wouldn't be just a car, it would be a limo, and, uh, did anybody ever send a plane for you? Yes, I have had a plane sent for me, probably more than once, twice, twice, only twice, only twice, but, um, Yes, I, I, I have had that pleasure. Do you, do you, can you reveal who well, that I, was? Well, Mick Jagger once um, invited me out to Montauk, and uh, I took uh, a, a small plane that he arranged from Teterboro, and um, that was a thrill. And I thought for sure somebody else would be on the plane, you know, but I was the only one, and <laughs> so that was exciting. And then when I got there, it was so funny. Um, you know, I, we were, we were sort of, we were really good friends. We sort of dated. We, we it, I was, our relation was strange, but he was seeing a married woman over the hill. I'm not going to say who, because, uh, they would sneak off. And so when I got there, I, I wasn't really there as, as his date or his girl. I had my own little cottage, uh, cause Andy had all these little separate little guest houses all on the property. And uh, what's his name arrived? Um, oh, he was so sweet. I loved him. He was a keyboard, Billy Preston. Billy arrived and he was next to me. And um, it, it was just the rehearsal, rehearsals. And so I, I was like the only person there with Billy Preston as the other guest. And the Stones would rehearse in the big front room. Wow. And Andy's a state in Montauk and that was very very and the other person that ever uh, that sent me a plane was Stephen and yeah Stephen uh, Stephen had his own plane Mick used to charter them but Stephen always had his own planes mm -mm -mm. these boys I'll tell you they're telling you silly things right we'll be right back with more of the Taken a Walk podcast Welcome back to the Taking a Walk podcast. So, you have this unique trait that you've found a way in your life to make everybody feel comfortable and and you know just get a great vibe from you because of who you are. Who taught you that? Well, I'm not sure you can be taught that, but I I, I was taught etiquette and manners and cordiality from my mother and um, my grandparents. Um, I, it's just a tradition in my family. Politeness, um, education. If I'm gonna have dinner, like when I was young, if Mick Jagger would invite me to some extravagant dinner or Brian Ferry or somebody invited me to a dinner where I knew there was gonna be royalty or po politicians, or I would really study up on what was going on in the world so that I would know what I was talking about when I was spoken to. I was prepared. You know, I understood what the assassination of, of, of Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King meant, whereas a lot of people my age didn't even care. So um, I, I understood the Vietnam War because my stepfather went to Vietnam. I understand it. I understood living on military bases because my stepfather was in the military, as was my father. But 
I think it's it, 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 it becomes for me about karma. You reap what you sow. I just believe that. So if you you have to treat people the way you would want to be treated. And even people I don't like, instead of being mean to them or shunning them, I just tell them directly that I don't care for them. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't say it in a mean way or I just say it's best we just stay away from each other. We don't click, you know. Yeah. I think that keeps you... It keeps whatever karmic bond you might have left over from a previous lifetime. You can tear up that contract. I believe that. I believe you can get away from certain situ- situations. Because, I, you know, you know how I feel. I don't believe that this is our only life. And right. I believe I've been here many times. Oh, my Lord. And um, What gives you the most joy now in your life? The most joy, I think, it's a combination of things. I can't pick one thing, but I think it's um, enjoying being able to live like I live. I've worked, I've earned this. I've worked my whole life for this. As my husband, who I've been with for 24 years, my daughter is very successful. I think the joy I get from watching the productivity and the success of people I love, and especially my daughter, but um, most joy I get from animals and from cooking food, you know, being having people in my home cooking for them, uh, joy, I, I, I get it just from joy surprising me every day brings me joy. Yeah, something you didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoy reading. I enjoy my Instagram page. I I love what it's done for my ability to reach my fans. Because I'm an eclectic taste. I'm a cult figure more than I am a household name. And Instagram has helped me reach more people. And I've noticed it in the last couple of shows I've played they're sold out they're they're packed and i think that i owe that to social media i i think so yeah but you know there's a double edge to that sometimes right in terms of oh yeah but i keep away from that element i balance it i i don't spend a lot of time on facebook where people get into those disgusting arguments and as far as uh, twitter goes i've still got the account but he took away my blue check, as he did. Everybody didn't didn't want to pay him. I, I just replaced it with a little blue heart, and a few people followed suit. I keep that page because of some of my fans that are there. But I really don't dip into... Ch- I don't chat. I don't do any of that. So... A lot of music has brought you joy through your life and continues to bring you joy. Well, it's the Rolling Stones for me forever and ever and ever. That's the band that will always make me the happiest. If I need my mood elevated, it's the Rolling Stones. If I need melancholy, it's the Rolling Stones. If I need to feel peppy, it's the Rolling Stones. I'm I'm just a Rolling Stones girl. And, you know, Mick Jagger, I remember seeing a picture of him the first time when I'm nine... And so I look at the Stones and the Beatles, they're part of my life. So if I had been born at any other time in history, I wouldn't be connected to these people. So I think I chose when I was going to be born. And 
I think I knew when I was very young who my friends were going to be. I think I've been a patron of the arts in every life that I've lived, but I've also been an artist. So I've been a patron and I've been an artist. I've been both. And I think that they hold hands. Yeah, that's beautifully put. <laughs> it really is. Why not? Let's saunter a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. You know, people listen to the podcast sometimes and they go, well, it sounded like when you were walking that, uh, you know, they say it to me, uh, you were, you know, uh, you know, breathing heavily. And I'm because we're walking. So we are walking. Yeah. Right? Well, we'll try not to breathe heavily. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. E- e- well, no, I mean, even though you're supposed to, yeah. you're supposed to be, you're supposed to go, when you walk. Oh, there's a, I'm not going to say the name of it, but see that farm? Yes. Um, that's where you go to get your pumpkins and uh-huh. all your fun stuff. So back to the stones. Yeah. Um, do you remember the first time you saw them perform? Like yeah. live? Yeah, on Ed Sullivan. Oh, well, I mean like uh, concert was. Oh, when I was 12. Oh, really? Going on 13. It was July 4th, 1966. I turned 13 10 days later. It was at the Allen B. Shepherd Convention Center, or the Dome as they used to call it, um, in Virginia Beach. Oh, wow. With my best friend, Joni Gross. We met in the fifth grade, and we bonded over the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. And uh, so I was home from boarding school that summer. I did sixth, seventh, and eighth grade at Villa Maria Academy in Lynchburg, Virginia. So that summer that I turned 13 um, was the summer that changed my life. But I saw them way before that on TV. Sure. And I had every record, of course. And and when you see a concert like that, and it's so... <laughs> okay. Howdy. <laughs> when you see a concert like that, yeah. that changes you... Yeah, uh, it, it alters your DNA, basically. Right. I mean, or, or it ignites whatever your DNA was that was connected to it in the first place. Right, right. So you were hooked... Then oh. you were hooked before, but you were really hooked after that first show. Well, yeah. Show. Well, I, I think that I've been connected to music and art in every lifetime I've ever lived. So all it did for me was confirm who I was, and I started to have glimpses into who I was, my spirit, my soul, why I'm here, etc. And it, it, it just. Rock and roll, music. I don't just love rock and roll. I love everything. I love classical music. I love Indian music. I love Eskimo music. (laughs) I love all music. I just love... There isn't a genre that hasn't got something that appeals to me. What is it about music? What is it... Why does it do this to us? How does this happen, in your view? Um... Well, I think it's... It's supernatural, for It's sure. all vibrations. Yeah. I think that we all live on frequencies. And I think that everything is a frequency, including the earth spinning. The earth is a living being, as we all know. And I just believe that everything has life and frequency. 
and I think music is probably throughout the entire universe. Wherever there's other life, I'm sure music exists in some form. Uh, I just think that music is part of the vibrational connection that the human element, because we're only human for a short period of time, and then our spirit either comes back again or continues upward into the realm. Uh, gosh, I, I, I know this isn't it. I know that the, that this you know this isn't the end. I just wish they didn't wipe your memory between lifetimes because you go back, you do all this work and you do all this studying on the other side, you learn so much and then you choose to come back to work on stuff again and then as soon as you get here you 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 you're drawn to certain people because of your karmic contract and connection to them but it's just incredibly mysterious to me how you know that somebody is connected to you when you meet them you know immediately right away i know that person or you can feel comfortable with somebody like i'm just meeting you right now but i feel comfortable comfortable with you who knows? Maybe two lifetimes ago, we had a dinner together, or we were at the same gathering, or you were doing this job then. Who knows? Who knows? That's right. Not holding a phone. Right. Right. Thank God I wasn't then. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'm just saying that. I agree. I agree with everything you said, the and and, and how it all comes back to vibration and mm -hmm. what you feel. It, it's and all just energy. That uh, I, I'm a big Dolores Cannon person. She is a spiritualist and a hypnotist. She died in 2014. I was lucky enough to meet her. Oh wow! And be regressed by her. Um, you know, I grew up in Virginia Beach too, which was Edgar Casey territory. My house was literally—I could ride my bike to the Ed Edgar Casey Center, and we used to be so infatuated with the place because people would talk about past lives and that started with me when I was six seven eight years old that stuff made perfect sense to me mm -hmm. and uh that's why my next book that I'm writing is about animal reincarnation all right because I believe that we have connections to our pets that are much deeper and more profound than we give credit for but uh I just, I feel that I, I, I feel like I still have so much to learn in this life. I would like to be here for at least another 25 years. I'd like to make it as far as my parents, you know. I, I, I don't want to uh, make a quick exit. But when you get to be 70, you start to realize, wow, you don't think about so much what you've done. You think about, oh my God, I've only got this much time left, or this, or that much time. Who knows? But uh, who are some of the mentors that have been important to you? Oh well, well, it started with Oscar Wilde, Lily Langtree, Albert Einstein. I was obsessed with him. 
his hair. I thought it was the best. And uh, Edgar Allan Poe. These were this was childhood stuff. And then as I've gotten older, Patti Smith, you know Debbie Harry, of course Mick and Keith. My God, they're like the monk and the friar to me. <laughs> um, I love, love, love Dolores Cannon, the woman we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, Stephen Greer, he's another person I want to meet. He's a ufologist. And uh, I, I, I think what happens is you stop thinking about people as mentors. And you start thinking about them as kindred spirits. Mm-hmm. You know? Well... So, Rick Derringer was a kindred spirit, right? Of course. I, but I haven't seen Rick in a thousand years. And his wife, his first wife, not his current, Liz, Liz. is still one of my best friends. Yeah, you were with her in New York when you... Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, your, Liz your, is... Uh, we've, we've, your, your, we've been friends since 1972. But Rick Derringer, you know, he lives a whole different life now. I mean, I think he still plays... But I think he found Christianity, got married, and lives that that life. Mm-hmm. I think he still plays live. I think so too. Oh yeah, all those people. Everybody I know is a kindred spirit. I I feel. So, what bands or artists do you think are underappreciated? Well. I mean, that, that's a question I could have answered differently maybe 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. But with social media, I have found that most bands that I like eventually do get attention. I love Starcrawler. I love the Struts. There's a lot of exciting energy. And, uh, you know, those bands all did well. And I love Lawrence Rothman. And who's become quite the producer du jour here in Tennessee now. He worked with Amanda Shires, right? Yes, with Amanda and, and Jason and, and, and uh, Margot Price. And so it's funny because I knew him when he was in Living Things, when he was a singer in a, in a band. And this transformation that he's gone through. Well, I, don't, I think he likes to be called they. So I probably shouldn't say he, this transformation that they have gone through. I appreciate that. If people wish to be not identified by a certain gender, I'm fine with that. Right. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a beautiful daughter. He's got some beautiful dogs. But um, Lawrence is quite a, 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 a special talent. And um, he spends a lot of time in, in Nashville now. And how do you discover, like, music these days? Just through friend recommendations or your own discovery? Just, just from being present. If I get invited to something, I try to go. Um, but also from playing my own shows, usually the band they'll get to open for me or the kids I meet that come to the shows... Um, the thing about my following that's so interesting is that they're very young and I don't think that they've really put it together yet that I'm 70. I don't think they've 
connected that. But I am not 70 when I hit stage. I, I have the energy of 12 wild bulls, and I think I got that from Mick. I, he, he inspires me to keep those exercises, those movements going. I exercise the same way he does. I put myself into a big empty room with a mirror and I just move and I go crazy and I lock it in, I lock it out, I go up, I go down, I go round, I go round. You know, some people, oh, do you do Pilates? Do you? No, I do rock. I, I, I do the, <laughs> I just get in there and do, I mean, I'm sure he does light weights as well. You can tell by the way he's built that he doesn't do extreme weightlifting. He just does the sensible weights, yeah. stretching. He's got the yoga body that we all envy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's always been like that, Mick, though. He's always been smart about taking care of himself, but he's never been traditional about it, ever. He's invented his own his way to exercise and I, the jagger jog, I call it. I mean, it's like okay, that's that's my exercise. I do the jagger jog. There you go. So, I guess the Keith kick. The Keith kick. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier uh, about learning. So what is it that you haven't learned that uh, you would like to learn? Uh, patience and and I would I would like to be um, less judgmental. You know, as far as uh, myself goes, I'm very hard on myself. I'm harder on myself than I am on others. So what I'd like to learn is how I can take everything I've learned spiritually, take it with me when I leave this realm, and if I come back again, I would like some possible way to have a memory. But I think your memory starts to come back as you live. I think they wipe you clean when you when you're the baby, then you come here. And I think it's up for you, up to you to figure it out. You know, I I guess what I want to learn is uh, why. <laughs> I'm so grateful that we got to take this time. And I'm most grateful of it in that we sort of found each other, discovered each other organically, really. Nobody well, put this together. Uh, well, as soon as I saw your eyes, I knew you were a Pleiadian. That's, I, I, I think I'm from the Pleiades star cluster. I definitely do. And when I, I, I meet people, I can sort of see, oh, you're from the Pleiades. The seven sisters. There's, I think there's seven planets within the Pleiades, and I think that they're all connected and I think a lot of the people on earth are part of that star cluster and I think we come back if Dolores Cannon is right this is the learning planet there is no other planet like earth in the entire universe there might be other planets with life and but we're the only one that that has hell and heaven and everything in one place and a lot of souls that come here can't cope. I think some of them were in the 27 Club. They come here and they've never seen hatred and violence in their other previous incarnations. And you come to Earth and you get a real eye-opening eye because one minute you could be sitting in a field like it's paradise and then the next minute you're looking into the face of war. 
And I think that that is why Earth is such a challenging place. Dolores Cannon says, those of us that choose to come to Earth are brave, and we are looked at from other people in the universe that are connected as very brave to come here and take on this challenge. And um, if I have to come back again, I will. I just hope by the time I come back that we have stopped killing cows and pigs and just have a more sophisticated palate. We don't have to kill so much. A lot of killing going on on this planet. Too much killing. We kill too much. Kill everything, including the forest. And it's got to stop. Just... For being on taking a walk. Oh, you're welcome. Let's do it again. We I love it. it. We did it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Taking a Walk podcast. Share this and other episodes with your friends and follow us so you never miss an episode. Taking a Walk is available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. See new things. Try new things. Go back centuries while living in the moment. Forge new paths while discovering old ones. Pedal, paddle, and paint while trekking, tasting, and tailoring experiences that transform you into a better version of yourself. Immerse yourself in the world by activating your mind, your heart, and your body on a river cruise exclusively from Avalon Waterways. Save with limited time offers at AvalonWaterways.com. Avalon is cruising. Elevated.